Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show Got a good show for you today It's gonna be a very NFL heavy episode this week So strap up Buckle up Settle in It's gonna be a good one Yeah It's that time of year College football is essentially done. I think we got Army Navy this Saturday, and that's it. And then next Saturday, that's nothing. Gone. And then bowl week starts, or bowl season starts, I should say. And then it's awesome. I love bowl season in college football. I know NBA is going on now, but does anybody really get that invested into the NBA at this time of year? I don't think so. Once college football kind of tapers off, the NFL, shoop, becomes number one, at least in my mind. And then once the NFL goes, then NBA becomes whoop number one for sure. And then you got the NFL draft, all that, blah, 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 blah. But let's get into it. Welcome back, Cyber Family. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. So as I said, man, we got a bunch of stuff to get into. Uh, I am not looking to waste anybody's time or drag anything out. Let's get right into Quick Hits. Quick Hits. Quick Hits. So Baker Mayfield this week was released by the Panthers because he's trash and uh, immediately got claimed off waivers by the Rams who were struggling with some injuries. And here's my thing. Here's, here's I love and hate this whole scenario. I love it because, oh, here we go. Another team, another coaching staff thinking, hey, we got the magic. We could take this guy who's uber talented, who failed in every other spot that he was in, bring him to our team. Hey, we're going to get the best. Why do you think that? Why do you think that? That's why I love it. I hate it because how many chances are we going to give this guy to fail, to show you that he's going to fail, for his attitude to not even reflect the fact that he realizes he's failing because he's still arrogant as all get up. He'll still place the blame on everybody else. He'll still say stupid stuff like, oh, I feel dangerous. And look, he is what he is. At this point, you have, what, five years, five or six seasons of information together. He's a career 61% completion percentage passer. That's what he is. He's going to complete 60 to 61%. That's what he is. And he's got an 86.5 rating. That's what he is. What team in the NFL wants that that kind of quarterback to be their franchise quarterback, their starter? Now, I get it. Matt Stafford is the guy. They just need someone to come in and kind of fill the gap until he can get healthy or maybe just finish out the rest of the season. And hey, Baker Mayfield was a Heisman Trophy winner, a number one overall pick. Maybe he can kind of get back to that level of play and maybe do something for us. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. He won't. I told y'all two years ago, he's average at best. I've been calling him average ass Baker. That's what he is. He's an average quarterback. Average quarterbacks sit the bench unless they're needed in case of emergency. And if I'm a team, I'm not signing this guy or claiming this guy to do what? I'll just throw some other backup in there. And it is what it is. It's the same thing. Deshaun Watson returned this weekend. And uh, as expected, he uh, wasn't very good. Uh, He hadn't played in damn near two years. So what do you expect? 
right? They hadn't played for a while, and he came in. He was 12 of 22, 131 yards, one pick, uh, threw a bunch of bad passes, skipped some, just didn't seem. He, you could just tell he hadn't played in a while. Now, this is why I said a couple weeks ago, why do you have to bring him back, right? Why can't you just let him sit the rest of the year, ride it out with Jacoby, see what happens, see what happens and then come back next year starting the year from the very beginning from otas rookie mini camps all that stuff have him be the guy and he could start fresh not coming in week 12 week 13 to try to now get his feet under I'm like what good does that do you him or the team that's why i always said i don't understand why jacoby Brissett can't be a starter in the league and not only that but why can't he just finish out the year now, I understand, I guess they would say, well, because we're paying, you know, Watson $230 million. Got to find out, like, it's too late. You already guaranteed him all the money. It's too late. He's paid. So if he's trash, which, let's face it, he might be. Like, that's a long time to be out of football to think you're going to come back in and then all of a sudden just be this elite quarterback again. Like, it may never take off not to mention the the chemistry between him and the receivers you got may never really quite take off like who knows that's why guaranteeing him that much money was a stupid idea in the first place especially for a guy that was going to be suspended that had some sketchy stuff in his past and that quite frankly was was really good but wasn't like you know can't pass up like you know what i mean not 230 million guaranteed nah he wasn't that good let's be honest here so the Heisman finalists were announced uh, a couple days ago, and I gotta say, um, it's been a while. I, I would say probably since high school, since I've been like deeply invested in the Heisman. I just feel like it's one of those things, like, man, it is what it is, right? But this has to be one of the weirdest and unexciting Heisman finalists I've ever seen in my life, right? Like, it's just so. I don't know. All year, I felt like there's been no buzz about the Heisman. Like, there's there's usually someone who's, like, doing something incredible or someone who has, like, an unbelievable, remarkable season. And I feel like this year, um, even C.J. Stroud, who I think is really good, I think is is the best, best, best quarterback in college football. I think Caleb Williams is really good. And those two guys had really good years, really good years, like nothing to sneeze at at all. But neither one of them had like a special season. Do you know what I mean? Where you're just like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Heisman's usually like, uh, for example, I, this is a long time ago, but look up Tim Tebow's numbers the year he won the Heisman as a sophomore, right? Look, just look up the numbers. Insane. You're, you look at them like, what? How many games did they? Did they play 10 times more games than everybody else? No, still 12. No, that didn't make sense. Even look at uh, Sam Bradford's numbers. Hell, even look at CJ Stroud's numbers last year. And I just feel like this year just felt so... Blah. Like Stetson Bennett is a finalist for the... Who, 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 who is thinking that Stetson Bennett is one of the best players in college football? Who? Max Duggan for TCU? Look, the guy's tough as nails. I've enjoyed watching him this year. I think he's one of those guys that's... You know, he's, he's going to go for it. But that Heisman? Like, come on, guys. Anybody else? Like, that's the... So, let's be honest. It's between CJ Stroud, Caleb Williams. I think personally... I think personally, 
I'm rooting for CJ Stroud. I just think um, from start to finish, he's been super consistent. There's been no highs and lows. Um, the team has performed better, not necessarily because of him, but you know, it's not Caleb Williams' fault that their defense sucks. But Caleb Williams is gonna win it because hey, he's had a really good year too, and he's been doing. He had uh, his last couple games were way more flashy than C.J. Stroud. So even though they lost to Utah, thank God we'll get into it later. <laughs> but even though even with that loss, I still think the stuff he was able to do in the last couple games of the regular season wowed enough people to where he'll get it. That brings me on to my next thing where uh, I couldn't help but chuckle because now this is back-to-back years that C.J. Stroud is up for a Heisman. And I can't help but remember uh, the week after they lost to Oregon last year and just how everyone dogged them. And I remember the comments being, you know, someone else needs to get in. CJ's not the guy. He's no good. He's overrated, overhyped. Quinn Ewers needs to get in there and play. Let's see what the young guys got because this guy's clearly not it. And I remember going on a crusade, responding to all of these dodo birds like, are you guys out of your mind? Are you guys crazy? And I knew, just like the coaches knew, just like a lot of people knew, look, I'm not special. I'm sure we all, I'm sure it wasn't the majority of, of Ohio State fans who were saying this, but CJ Stroud is legit. And now I wonder after this year when you saw Quinn Ewers play and you saw what he did, and then you see what CJ Stroud has done the last two years, do you still feel like CJ's not the guy? <laughs> Now, as you cheer, rant and rave and all this stuff about, look how good he is. I wonder if you'll sit down and say, my bad, y'all. I overreacted. And I think you're overreacting about Ryan Day getting fired after losing to Michigan, too. But, hey, we'll revisit it in two years and see what happens. Last thing on Quick Hits. Uh... Anthony Davis is now the talk of the town, the talk of the league, and everyone's ranting, raving about Anthony Davis and how dominant he is, and is he the best player, and are the Lakers a real threat now with Anthony Davis? Blah, 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 blah. So, two things I want to say. First of all, let me just say, in the last 10 games, uh, Anthony Davis is averaging 34 points, 15 rebounds, and shooting 63%. And I'm still going to slay, I'm slay, I'm still going to say, slow down, I'm not impressed. And I don't care. Why? Because we all know, we all know, every one of us here right now, every one of us around the world, we all know the truth. Anthony Davis' ability has never been questionable. No one's ever questioned how good he is. But we all question how long is he going to be available. And guess what? What do you know? Last night, he had to leave the game after eight minutes because of flu-like symptoms. Now, first of all, first of all, nobody else seemed to have an issue with the fact that he kind of just walked off the court like, yo, I'm done. I can't I can't play. I don't feel good. <laughs> what? Does anyone else find that like super odd? Like, nah, bro, you got to play. You got to stick it out. Here's what I was saying. I was thinking to myself, right? I took all the fluids. I went through all the pregame pregame uh, process to get ready to go. I got in the locker room. I got dressed. I went through all of warmups. The game started. I'm in the game. And now I'm like, I'm done. Huh? I'm already there now. 
that's like that's like when you go to school sick. No, you know, that's like when you go to work sick, right? Like you got a little fever going on, you feel really crappy. You wake up at the time you're supposed to wake up, you get on your work uniform, you drive to work, you get to work, and you're like, oh, I feel crappy. But you're already there. So now you just gotta tough it out, get through the hours, and then you go home and then you reevaluate how you feel. Once you there, like, what are you leaving? You already there. You should have just stayed home. <laughs> right? Like, what's the point? Anthony Davis went through all the process of getting it. Yo, you got to just suck it up. Like, try a little harder. I don't know. It just felt like he was just like, nah, I'm, I'm just not interested. This game ain't really that important to me. So slow down. This is a little hiccup, right? But inevitably, something's going to happen that is going to cause Anthony Davis to miss some time and it's going to be an issue it's going to be a problem blah 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 we know what's going to happen so get all excited if you want to about the chances but there's going to be a hamstring there's going to be a knee tweak there's going to be a thigh bruise a wrist strain a broken pinky something there's going to be something that'll cause him to miss some time and then you're right back where you started relying on a guy and getting excited about a guy that you know is unreliable on the other side of this coin, I love the way they're talking about how great Anthony Davis is. I love that they're giving him credit. I love that they're asking the questions of, is he uh, gonna carry them to a championship? Because if let's say in an odd world, they do go. Let's say he does have a really healthy season and he continues to play this way and he and they go all through the playoffs, through the championship, win a title. I want to hear them talk about how Anthony Davis carried them to a title, but they won't. They'll make the story about LeBron again, and I'm hating. So that's it for quick hits. <laughs> that's it. Once you start hating, man, you got to pull the plug. You got to uh, you got to pull the plug when you, when the hate starts coming. So as I said, this is going to be a very NFL heavy uh, show, but, 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 can I say something? All right, piggybacking off the, the Lakers. The Lakers played the Cavs last night. Now you're hearing this on Thursday. I'm recording this on Wednesday. So Tuesday night, the Lakers played the Cavs. And I got to tell you, every time, every single time I saw Donovan Mitchell score a bucket, I was furious. And I kept saying to myself, he should be on the Knicks. He should be on the Knicks. I'm not over it. I'm not over it. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. It's inarguable. You can't you can't argue it. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a fan of the Knicks or not. Donovan Mitchell is better than every single player the Knicks have right now. He's better than every single players on the Knicks roster. He's better than every single one. So my question becomes, why, oh, why didn't we trade for him? And they're going to hit me with, the, oh, because RJ is potentially still young and they wanted too much. What did they want? Draft picks? Buy? Give up the draft picks? What are you going to do with them? Why do you want me to believe that you as the Knicks are going to do anything of quality with those draft picks? Like, why? They wanted, I don't care what they wanted. That guy should be on the Knicks. Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, that's a really good four. If you, ha like, 
Bro, what are you what what are you talking about? Have Cam Reddish play the three? I don't care. <laughs> like who can like at that point you can take having a guy who's eh, not not that great. Because again, it's not about this year. It's not about this year. But if you need a forward, right? Let's say you need a wing. If you have that roster, if you have Jalen Brunson, if you have Donovan Mitchell, if you have Julius Randle and you have Mitchell Robinson and you need to fill a hole, your chances of attracting a free agent to come to your squad is way, 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 way more likely. It's an easier job if you have something that you're showing them and saying, here, look what we got. You're the missing piece. You come in here and this thing is set. We're ready to go. What you're trying to sell people on now is the potential. Oh, we got all these draft picks. We got all this. And you know what's going to happen. As a Knicks fan, you know what's going to Here's what makes me the most mad. I already know what's going to happen. You didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell because you wanted to keep all your picks. You wanted to have the flexibility. Then all of a sudden, rumors start coming out that they're trying to stockpile their picks to make a trade for a superstar player. We don't think Donovan Mitchell's a superstar. We're going to trade for a superstar. Who? Who? Hey, who, what superstar that is life-changing that's going to come to the Knicks, change the world for them, totally change the trajectory of the franchise, who is that good that's available? Who? Oh, I can answer that. Nobody. Because if they're that kind of player, they're not going to let them go. As much as I'm not ready to say that Luka is going to be like the GOAT or he's the best in the NBA, that is a guy who if you were able to get him, I'd say, whoa, that's a big move. But guess what? Why would Dallas give him up? You want to say, Jason Tatum, he's top five in the league. Why is Boston giving him up? Why is Devin Booker made available? Why is why are any of these players made available? If they were that great, teams aren't looking to get rid of great players. Like they're, they're not doing it. The Knicks, hell, the Knicks who want someone else to trade their superstar centerpiece to them for some draft picks wasn't willing to give up R.J. Barrett to get a star player. Say what you want, man. Donovan Mitchell's a star player. And Donovan Mitchell's better than everything you got. And you made a mistake and you blew it. And now every time I got to see him play and I got to see him put up numbers, I got to turn around and look at my squad and think, ugh. And it's not even necessarily the numbers, right? But when you watch R.J. Barrett play and when you watch Donovan Mitchell play, there is a difference. One of them looks like, one of them looks like they're running around saying, don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. Uh, uh, let me try this. And the other one seems like, oh, give me the ball and watch out. One of them seems like a dog. The other one seems like a freshman playing on varsity. <laughs> I'll let you use your brain and think of who's who. Just made me mad. Oh, it's so upsetting as a fan to have to watch that and know that he could have been on your team, but they didn't want to give up. Like, they didn't want to give up side pieces. <laughs> Don't be bragging about taking my side piece. Uh, let's move on to some other aggravating news. So this is an oldie but goodie. Every once in a while, it'll come up on my news feed. I don't know what's wrong with my algorithms. But uh, there's there's been a kind of growing sentiment of uh, Bill Belichick hate. 
right? People saying, well, Bill Belichick is, is overrated. Uh, look what he did without Tom Brady. It was Tom Brady who was doing all that. When you don't have him, you're just a regular average coach. And uh, here's here here's what why it makes me so upset. And here's why I feel like people are so dumb, okay? People are saying things. And as they're saying it, they're answering, right? They're They're disproving their own thesis. When you say, look at what he is without Tom Brady, and then look at what he did with him. Okay, great coach plus great quarterback equals great success. All right, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. Great quarterback, terrible coach equals marginal success, right? You could still be successful with a great quarterback if you're a bad coach. You can also have marginal success if you're a great coach with an okay quarterback, right? Right, yeah, we all agree on, on the math here. Okay, how good do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look with Tom Brady? Do they look overwhelming? Do they look amazing? Does it look like Tom Brady is just a a god amongst men and he is unstoppable? Does he? No, no, right? Did they look unbeatable last year? No, no, right? And even when they went to the Super Bowl, wasn't it kind of like early on was kind of like, oh, let's, oh, let's see. And then they went on a little run, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? Okay. There is zero doubt in anyone's mind. You cannot argue it. The Buccaneers are far more talented than the Patriots, right? Far more talented. You go down the list of position, position by position, the Buccaneers have far more talent. Both sides of the ball, Right? Okay, so take that great quarterback and put him with a talented roster, you can have success. Take that great coach, put him with a bad roster, and what should you get? If he's not a great coach, you would have a dog-do team. Guess what you don't have in the Patriots? Dog-do. The Patriots, both last year and this year, based on their talent level, overachieve they are overachieving as a team why that is a direct result of how good the coach is that even though i don't have the same level of talent i'm going to maximize every ounce i have on this team to me you can't say bill belichick's not a great coach because look at what he's working with and look at the results he's getting that's all you have to say I know Tom Brady won a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. Look at the roster. Do you think if Tom Brady, hold on, do you think if Bill Belichick got traded to the Buccaneers, do you think he couldn't have coached that team to a championship that season with Jameis Winston? You think that couldn't have happened? There was no way that would have happened. Of course it could have happened. Of course it probably would have happened. That team was talented. That's why Tom Brady chose to go there. Because he was going to a really talented roster. He didn't go to no bad team. He went to a talented team who just needed a leader. They just need, you know what they needed? Less turnovers. That's it. Jameis Winston, you throw 20 turnovers, 20 interceptions, we're good. No, but you threw 29. 30, was it? Was it 30? I think it was 30. If you had thrown 15, half of that, 
they would have probably gone to a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston. Like, that's how talented that team was. So I just think it's stupid that these people try to question Bill Belichick's ability to coach when he's putting on a master class every single week in the NFL with a team that should get blown out every game, and yet you're still able to be competitive and even win some of these games. That's a, like, you're an idiot. <laughs> in other news, the uh, Odell Beckham Jr. hype train is chugging along. And he was set to meet with the Cowboys on Monday. They met, and apparently the Cowboys are not very confident in the report they got from his physical in regards to his knee. A lot of people around the league are saying that there's doubts that he'll be able to play until mid-January. Now, my first thought all along was, why is anyone excited about Odo Beckham Jr.? Why? Why is any team rolling out the red carpet to get him? Now, this isn't hate. But my question is, coming into last year, everyone kind of said, ooh, he's not the same player. He kind of fell off, right? Then he goes to L.A. He has some success. But guess what's in L.A.? Guess what? A bona fide, number one, unguardable receiver in Cooper Cup. So what does that mean for little old OBJ, who's a step slower, who's not prime OBJ anymore? What does that mean? That means more single coverage. What do the good receivers do against single coverage? They eat it up. So he was able to make some plays. Everyone keeps referring back to, well, man, he was on his way to Super Bowl MVP if he didn't get hurt. He's on his way to Super Bowl MVP. Why would he have been? Because Cooper Cup was drawing all the attention and Odell Beckham was getting free releases and was getting one-on-one coverage. Nobody was guarding him. (laughs) Like, come on now. So, yes, he was going to win Super Bowl MVP. But guess what? The Cowboys don't have a bona fide, unguardable number one that you'd have to double, leaving Odell Beckham able to be single covered. So It's just not going to happen. He immediately becomes your number one. So I think the hype around it is like I think it's all misguided because you're asking a guy coming off of two, two. This is now his second ACL uh, injury to be as good as if not better than what he was. And it's just not like it's just not reasonable to think that that would happen. So you're getting a very diminished player, but you're not getting a very diminished price. And if you're the Cowboys, why are you bringing that on? Like, yes, if Odell Beckham is at peak Odell Beckham, sure, he helps. Sure. But what are the chances of that? Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. So why the hype? So now that all the uh, conversation is about the knee, I say, look, move off it. Let it go. Nah, you don't you don't need it. You don't need it. You're doing well now. You're doing fine. I don't think Odell Beckham is going to be the difference between a Super Bowl and nod. So I don't think it's worth the investment or time or energy or distraction. I just don't continue the course and search in the draft. There's probably a lot of guys who are about six foot who can run really fast and have good hands. I'm sure you're going to find a lot of them. If that's what you're looking for. But, yeah, that's just me. So I heard, uh, you know, flipping through sports channels this week, seeing what's going on, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking. And I came across uh, this page, uh, or that's page, (laughs) this channel, where they were asking the question, 
have the Ravens failed Lamar Jackson this season? What? And that immediately caught my attention because I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. What What you mean? Then I said, the Ravens have multiple losses when leading in the fourth quarter. So have the Ravens let down or failed Lamar Jackson this season? Hmm. You know what it seems like to me? (laughs) It seems like this is kind of a preview of what it's going to look like if Lamar Jackson does, in fact, become the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. This is what it's going to look like. You're going to be the highest paid quarterback. You're going to be established as the guy. But in order to pay you, we're going to have to make some cuts elsewhere. And guess what we're not going to do? We're not going to go broke paying an interior defensive lineman. We're not going to go broke paying that top corner or that top safety or that top linebacker. We're going to have to go budget shopping, which means you're probably going to lose some games late that you otherwise would have won, but we don't have the money to pay the guys that could win those games. This is what I've been saying. I'm not telling anybody to not get your money. If it were me, I'd want the money. (laughs) I get it. I'm not stupid. I'm not one of those guys who says, hey, man, if you can't live off $5 million a year, something's wrong with you. I'm not that guy. Listen, they're in a whole different world, okay? In their world, $5 million is a spit in the face, and I get it. As a fan, I'm offended for some of these guys. But what I do know is if Aaron Rodgers sets the bar at $50 million a year and your turn is next and everyone since the beginning of time has said, hey, next man up sets the new bar, I would say, hey, Lamar, why don't you set a new standard? A new standard of putting winning, okay, above being stinking rich and hurt, right? Because the reality is, when you are done with your playing career, if you've had no offensive line because there's no money, if you've been getting crushed, if your receivers are no good, if your defense is boo-boo and you're losing a bunch of games, you're getting beat up every week, what fun is that? What fun is that? Do you even want to be in the NFL anymore? At that point. No, you don't. And that's why I would say, that's why I would say, take a little less. Like, honestly, just take less. Not significantly. Well, significantly less, I guess, in the case of like 50 million. But I think think you just have to think big picture. And you have to think about self, you know, preservation. And you have to think about... You know, all of these different things, right? Like you can't go for broke with just the money and think once I get the money, it's all good. And then it's up to them to figure out how to build the rest of the team. They already know how to build the rest of the team. We ain't got much money left anyway. So, hey, you know that receiver you love that you get along with so well? Well, we got to let him go because when it's time for him to get paid, he's going to do the same thing you're doing. And I can't pay both of you. So we're going to let him go early while we still can get some value for him. Hey, you know that left tackle that's been doing so good protecting you? Well, now that he's up for a new contract, uh, you know, we ain't really got enough to pay him. Somebody else is going to outbid us, so what are we going to do? And that's the situation you find yourself in. And doesn't that sound terrible? Doesn't that sound terrible? That sounds a lot worse than saying, hey, you're not going to be the highest paid quarterback. But you'll be in the top five. So have they failed them? No. No. They've done exactly what they're capable of doing. 
And if Lamar Jackson really does hold hold them to saying, I want to be the highest paid and takes a ridiculous contract, which that's his prerogative, just understand that this is what life is like going forward. And it'll probably get slightly worse. Worst. Did I just say worst? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a professor. I can't even speak. <laughs> I'm losing it. It's the winter, man. I'm telling you, you start getting a little chilly. Your, your, your lips don't work right. So, look. I'm going to get into something, uh, something pretty deep. But before I do, let me keep it light first. Uh, I was thinking um, just the other day when I was putting show notes together and I started thinking about, like, um, you know, it, it, my cyber quarterback rankings starting the year. And I've been kind of thinking and evaluating it and looking at it like, hmm, how do I feel about it? Um, and and do I still think going forward, how can I improve the whole process? How can I improve, you know, how am I going to? Because I started thinking, I kind of backed myself into a corner by saying that it was not based on the results of what you did. So ignore that and just base it off of your physical ability. And what I realized was, well, that means the list is going to be the same every year. Right. So like. Hey, man, like, you know, your arm talent's not going to diminish unless you get old. It's probably not going to get much better. Your running ability is only going to be affected by age. So someone like a Kyler Murray who ranked at number 10 is going to have that physical skill set for the next five years at least. So is he always going to be 10? Like, then I realized, you know what, at some point I can't be so anti-results and I do have to put some of that in. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to go back over the top 10 and see how many of these guys are actually delivering on that top 10 status and who I feel very confident will fall right out of that top 10. Right out of it. (laughs) So let's start with number 10 and Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray is... If we're being honest, I thought from the very beginning, Kyler Murray was not a top 10 quarterback. If you had asked me going into the year, I said, why are we even giving him a contract? I would just let him go. I don't really think he's done anything to make you feel like you have to keep him. But again, you know, you know, who am I? You know, that's just my thoughts. But then when I was going through ranking him, I graded it and was like, man, you do have uh, a lot, a lot of talent. You know what I mean? You do have a lot of talent. So is he living up to top 10 in the NFL? I'm going to say no. He is completing 66% of his passes. That's that's, that's pretty good. Um, but he's got an 87 QBR, 6.1 average. Like it's 14 touchdowns, 7 picks. Ugh, team's not good. You know, like it's... Ugh. Four and eight. I I don't think, I don't think he's living up to that. I'm gonna say no. I'm comfortable in saying I don't think Lamar Jackson is a top ten court. I'm not Lamar. Lamar Jackson. I'm already thinking ahead. Uh, Kyler Murray is not a um, a top ten quarterback. Now let's let's look over at number nine. Came Lamar Jackson, which again was a big surprise to me. Do I think he's playing like a top ten quarterback? Mm. That one's tough. That one's tough. Because if you look, if you look at his production, it's like 
it's okay. But the thing is, is it's it's on par with every other year. <laughs> like his numbers are like the same. He's been super consistent. And outside of the MVP year, he's been all right. He's been pretty good. Not great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you still feel like if you have to keep him in the pocket and make him beat you through the air, you have a good chance of winning that. I don't like that aspect of it. I don't think he's living up to it. Number eight, Derek Carr. Derek Carr is another tough one where I feel like he's a guy that's getting no help. He's a guy that's uh, defense is trash. The offense is kind of Josh McDaniels, I think, is just not doing him any favors. But he was at number eight. Do I think I would still keep him in my top ten? I don't know. I don't know. It would definitely drop to like ten if he was. He's a fringe. I'm gonna put him on the fringe. I don't I don't know for sure, but he's on the fringe. Play, playing well lately, though. I'll say that. Russell Wilson at number seven. Nah, get out of here. <laughs> Russell Wilson has been trash. Josh Allen at number six. Um, another fringe guy. Another fringe guy. Tom Brady? No, I don't think so. Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't think so. Patrick Mahomes? For sure. Justin Herbert at number two. Listen, I'm going to tell you like this. I say yes, absolutely. I say yes, I still keep him at number two. Because when I watch him play, I still see him make throws that are unbelievable on a regular basis. Okay? But I will say is, the way the offense is constructed, I don't like very much. It's a lot of short passes, a lot of quick stuff, a lot of get the ball out. But I, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. But I also don't like um, that he's that the receiver group has been just mangled most of the year. And I think the defense is very overrated. And I think because of that, the team itself is not like, producing at the level you want them to the the chargers now remind me so much of the cowboys between 2007 and like 2014 which every year coming into it they raved about the talent on this team and yet every time they went out you never saw it they were just okay and at some point i have to say how good are the chargers actually like let's be honest how good are they really I keep hearing they're so talented. He's not He's not winning games with arguably the most talented roster. And look at the team he has. And he's still not having success. And it's like, well, you know, it's not like you watch the games and think, oh, if they had a different quarterback, they'd be really good. You don't think that. The defense gives up ridiculous plays. The, the receivers are, are injured a lot. And I personally don't think the receivers are like this. No. Like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are not like top 10 receivers probably like let's like you make it seem as if like this is a loaded roster like no it's not it's all right (laughs) like they got some names but like they also deal with insane injuries every year some some key players are always getting hurt on that team and i just think they're not as talented as you try to make it out to be because you like the names like that's that's my opinion so i think because of that i think justin herbert is doing a great job uh, with what he has to work with, which at times is really not much at all. Again, watch the watch the Kansas City game. He did exactly what he had to do to win the game. Defense went back on the field, let him march right down and win the game. What's he supposed to do? What's he supposed to do? 
Then he'll go out there with 30 seconds left and no timeouts and have to go 90 yards down the field. And then someone say, see, he lost the game because he threw an interception. It's like, no, there was four seconds left. He's just throwing, like trying to make a play. Like at that point, the game's over. We all know that like what's what's going on. We don't really expect him to make a play like that. And who would? Nobody. Don't get me started. But I'll tell you what. Joe Burrow came in at number one and he's playing like it. And I think if you're not paying attention, Joe Burrow is quickly, quickly and quietly becoming the best quarterback in the NFL. I got him ranked number one. But he is 100% the best quarterback in the NFL. I hold true to that ranking and I think he's going to hold that title for a while. So let's let's segue into uh, college football and the college football playoff. So going into the weekend, really needed um, USC to lose to Utah. And I even picked USC to lose to Utah. I mean, USC to beat Utah. And I said, I will gladly be wrong. I will gladly get that pick wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. I am rooting like hell for Utah. uh, But I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, the sports gods would have to smile down on me to let USC lose so that Ohio State can get in. And sure enough... Uh, Utah came out and it didn't look good early in the first quarter. It looked bad. My wife even called me and said, hey, you know, it's a team you need to win winning. And I said, no, it's not going to happen. You know, I'll see what bowl Ohio State goes to, but it's not going to be the playoff. And then out of nowhere, they just took off, ended up in a blowout. And you say, wow, that's crazy. Right. So. The playoff field is set. You got Georgia at number one, Michigan at number two, Ohio uh, TCU at number three, Ohio State at number four. Now, I personally, going into the selection Sunday, was really hoping because TCU lost that Ohio State would get that number three spot and the Michigan-Ohio State rematch would happen. And that's that's all I want with my life. To be honest with you, as Ohio State fan, uh, if Michigan loses to TCU, then it's house money. Right. Then it's like, all right, if they don't beat Georgia, like it is what it is, man. Georgia's the best team in the country. Right. Right. What are you going to do? But if Michigan beats TCU. I'm going to be rooting harder for Ohio State than I ever have in my life, because I need that rematch to happen this year. I don't want to wait till next year. I don't want to wait to have a different roster. I don't want Michigan to have a different roster. I don't want any of that. I want it now. As a fan, I want it now. And I'm a little disappointed that the playoff committee didn't set the rematch just for fun. Just do it for fun. Who cares? TCU earned the number three spot. I don't really matter. Like for TCU, they're they're not going to have a harder time with Georgia than they would Michigan. It's going to be tough for them on both counts, right? Like that's just how TCU is built. It's going to be, they're going to be in a tough game no matter what, right? But just for fun, because I was thinking, how many times have you seen college football playoff games? That sound like that sound wild, bro. I don't know if y'all could hear that on the mic, but it sounds like some plane is literally getting ready to crash in my backyard. That's weird. Anyway, I'm going to leave that in too. I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> Cuz that scared me. And y'all need to understand why I just paused out of nowhere it was cuz I was terrified. It sounded like someone was about to fall on my studio. Anyway, uh, like I was saying, 
So put move TCU because how many times have we seen the college football playoff game where it's just been a blowout? Even last year, Georgia completely manhandled Michigan. It wasn't even a competition. It wasn't a good game. Right? Remember Michigan State got shut out. I remember Ohio State got shut out one year by Clemson, thirty-one nothing. Like there's been so many blowouts. And it's on New Year's Eve that it's kind of like at eight o'clock on New Year's Eve. You want me to sit down and watch a game? Like, come on, man. Like, give me something to watch then. What 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 game would be rated higher than Ohio State, Michigan, the rematch? You can you have a month. You have a month to build that up. A whole month to build it up. To being this mega event, it would be the highest rated game in college football history. Now, the interesting thing is, I think what they did. I think it had to go through the committee's mind because everyone was talking about it. Everyone was asking. Everyone was saying, oh, with TCU losing, could Ohio State jump them? So it was it was on the minds. And even the, 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 the committee said we didn't factor in a rematch in a good or a bad way. We didn't think about what that would be. That didn't influence our decision. I think it did. A part of me feels like the thought was, hey, we could have Ohio State-Michigan in the playoff and it will be the highest rated game ever i think what they did though was say yeah but if they both get to the title game imagine how much bigger that game becomes now because as big as michigan ohio state would be in a, a semifinal, if it was for the national championship just historic reasons alone those two teams have never played each other for a national championship it's never happened it, it couldn't happen they played in the same conference right those two teams have never played each other in a playoff game it's just never happened the playoff is new um the historical impact of it the bragging rights how much is on the line to say if you're ohio state or michigan to have the other beat you for a title ah! <laughs> how do you live with yourself and I know what you're saying. You're saying, hey, look, as an Ohio State fan, they manhandled you, right? And you said the Big Ten belongs to Michigan now. And so how bad wouldn't you feel devastated if they lost to Michigan twice in the same year? Yes. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. It would, it would shake my confidence in humanity as a whole. <laughs> but on the other side, oh, how sweet that revenge would be. So I'll take the chance. I will wager my misery for a whole year and beyond, I will wager that misery for the potential to have complete euphoria, right? So I think the committee made a choice and said, hey, uh, I know we're taking a gamble and I know there's a good chance that one or both of them could lose these games, but if they end up winning and maybe the ability to face the other in the championship could be a motivating factor, then maybe you get the best out of them when we get that championship. I, on one hand, I would love it because it's the rematch I'm, I'm dying for. On the other hand, I would hate it because I don't even want Michigan to be in the title game. <laughs> that's just hate, though. But if that's what I have to have. Oh, man, drop my keys. My bad, y'all. If that's what I have to have is Michigan uh, in the championship game in order to get that rematch, I'll take it. But let's let's look at those, right? Let's look at the games a little deeper now. we got a long time. we got a whole month um, to get into it. But let's start let's start breaking this down. So you have Georgia playing Ohio State. Uh, Georgia comes in, opens as a six and a half point favorite. Now, 
I like that because, yes, I personally favor Georgia. I think Ohio State's up against it right now because Georgia's legit. They're really good. Um, six and a half is fair because that line's probably going to come down. So, yeah, a touchdown favorite, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, you're playing in Atlanta, so it's a home game for Georgia. Ohio State travels really well. They'll be very well represented, but still, it's it's going to be really, really tough. So that makes sense. What doesn't make sense to me is Michigan opening as a seven and a half point favorite over TCU. Now, I don't know about you guys, and you know what? You got to tell me if tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm trying not to be biased. But when they talk about Michigan's explosive offense, it, what are you talking about? Even when they say, oh, look, they put up X amount of points against Ohio State. They put up. So they want to talk about, uh, I don't even know the guy's name. Who cares? He plays for Michigan. Uh, the running back's name uh, put up like 219 yards. And you're like, whoa, man, what a game. He had a great game. Uh, you know, in reality, it was a 75-yard run followed by, if I'm not mistaken, like a 85-yard run, and that was it. So in those two runs, you have more than half of your total yardage. Okay, if Ohio State doesn't completely botch those two defensive calls and give up those two runs, well, the game is different. Like, they didn't blow... Ohio State out for four quarters. It was literally a one-score game with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. And in the final eight minutes, Ohio State just it fell apart. You got two big touchdown runs. That made it a three-score game. There's the difference. There's the difference. Like, that's it. So when you say, like, oh, man, look what they went and Ohio State to do. Yeah, they were in a dogfight for most of the game. And then Ohio State kind of just fell apart. And caved and, and, and wilted under the pressure. So, yeah, get a big head if you want to. And then look at what they get, uh, did against Purdue. Well, Purdue had multiple turnovers on their side of the field. Uh, Purdue is nowhere near the level of even a Michigan. Like, what are you talking about? Like, those two teams aren't close. They're not in the same realm. So don't pretend like that's an impressive feat. Like, did, they opened up as 16.5-point favorites. Like, did anybody think that game was going to be close? And the fact that it was close in the first half only shows you that Michigan has to wear you down. That's their game plan is to wear you down. And hopefully at the end, they can eat up a whole bunch of clock, which is what they did against Ohio State, which is what made them panic a little bit, was they had a really long drive. They ate up a bunch of clock. They got a score. And now you have to go down and try to quickly reciprocate that. And you end up rushing, right? But as far as J.J. McCarthy, are you kidding me? I think TCU is being vastly underrated, underappreciated, and I think Michigan is being vastly overrated. That's Look, if you're a Michigan fan, that's how highly, highly rated Ohio State is. That based off of that one win, based off of just beating Ohio State, you are now looked at as a legitimate number one or number two team in the country. Just off of that one win. Nothing else you did has convinced anybody that you're legit. Nope. Beating Ohio State on the road by 22. Yep, that was it. So you better put some respect on the name. Uh, how do I think it's going to play out? I think Georgia's going to be playing TCU. If you ask me today, I think uh, I think Ohio State loses to Georgia. 
I think Michigan loses to TCU. That's I think we're gonna have a, a, a Georgia TCU uh, championship, and I think Georgia washes TCU. I honestly just think Georgia is the best team in the country. I think they have flaws, sure, but like very minimal, very minimal flaws, and so it's gonna be very difficult, very difficult. And so I see him winning it all. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. So what I wanted to get into that I thought was, uh, it really got me mad. Let me start by saying, if you've been listening to this show, then you know already. And if you haven't been, if you're new to this show, like, look, let me just explain it to you again. I try to keep sports in its rightful place, which sports is supposed to be fun, entertainment. Um, it, it, I've said it multiple times. It does. Sports do not matter in the real world. Right. Like your job and whatever is not like it doesn't matter if you work in the sports field. That is like, dude, what an amazing gig. Right. I get to basically like it's like being a movie reviewer. It's like at the end of the day, this doesn't change anything for real. This is just um, talking and judging entertainment. So let's keep it entertainment like let's not try to make it bigger than it needs to be. So I try to keep politics out of it because, hey, let's just have fun with sports I'm here for an hour, maybe an hour and 10 sometimes. Let's just have some fun talking about some silly sports stuff. Whatever. You know what I mean? Let's not uh, let's not be racial because at the end of the day, sports literally are the one area in this life where race does not matter. Like, it really doesn't. Um, if you've ever played a sport, like, you don't care who on your team is what race. It doesn't matter. Like, can can everybody play? Best players will play, and that's it. And that's all that really matters when you're on that field or you're on that court or you're on that rink or whatever, the pitch or whatever. I don't – whatever it is. So I try not to bring that stuff into it. I try not to make things racy. I try not to make things political. I try to keep it in its proper perspective and context and say, hey, let's just have some fun with sports. Every once in a while, that becomes very hard to do, and you have to address certain things. Well, Deion Sanders um, left uh, Jackson State, which is a, a HBCU, and he is going on to coach, to be the head coach at Colorado. Now, it was kind of, man, it was, it, he's getting a lot of backlash from the black community because there's a lot of feelings of, oh, as soon as, you know, the white man comes calling, you ditch, you ditch us and start going to coach at this white university to leave us for, I guess, you know, whatever. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of people who feel like, oh, you used um, the HBCU as a stepping stone. There's a lot of this, right? Like, it's it sucks. But I think at the end of the day, I think he's a per- he's a man. He's a coach. And I think if you've paid attention, because I have probably in the last year more so than before, I've started to really pay attention to what was going on there, what he was doing there. And I think there's two factors that are being completely forgotten. Number one, actually, I'll say three factors. Number one, it's he's made no bones about it. No, he had to come in and acknowledge right off the bat the facilities were trash, garbage, locker room, garbage, training facility, garbage, fields, garbage, everything, garbage. So he had to come in, right? He came in 
accepted the job and immediately said, let me go to some of my people, the people to know the connections that I have and see if I can get, you know, some sort of funding to try to improve this. And he did. He did. They improved the facilities. They improved the locker room. They improved everything. Every aspect of it was improved because of his contribution. Right. So when you now look and if you haven't done this, you can go on YouTube right now and look up. Colorado University football uh, center or whatever, and you'll watch whole videos of people going on tours of their facilities. And it is state of the art, top notch, hundreds of millions of dollars invested into this. It's legit. If I'm Dion, right? If I'm prime time, if I'm coach prime, and I'm trying to maximize my ability, right? As a coach, my impact on uh, young men and students. If I am looking at my facilities and saying, hey, I don't even have the facility to compete. I can barely, I can just barely get what I need here. I have the opportunity to go to that establishment, right? The Colorado University, where they have hundreds of millions of dollars invested in this. They have boosters out the wazoo. I can then get these kids on the, on the equal playing field as everybody else. Just because it's not an HBCU doesn't mean he can't recruit the same kids. Hey, whoever you recruited to go there, bring him with you over here. Hey, he's still going to go recruit kids. He's still going to go into inner city houses and recruit those kids the same. He's just not recruiting them to an HBCU. But he's still getting those kids out of poverty, bring them into into a wonderful situation where they're going to have all the amenities like everybody else and have the opportunity to change their lives forever. He's still doing that. So does it matter that it's not at this school versus that school? He's still doing it on a national scale now. So now when he goes and takes that two, three star player from the inner city who the rest of the country doesn't think is very good, but he knows that guy's a dog, brings him up to Colorado and starts winning some games with those dogs. Now those people get shine. Right. Now, those kids who otherwise would have been forgotten had to go to a JUCO now don't have to. Now they're going to a major university on scholarship, changing lives. He could still do that. It don't have to be at that school versus that school. So his mission and objective can still be the same. It's just at a university where he has more resources to take to save more. You can save more kids now. You got more scholarship offers. You got more money. This NIL is going crazy. You now, you change, you creating generational wealth now at a bigger university with more revenue to be able to do these things, right? Number two, he's a father. His son is the quarterback playing at Jackson State. He now has an opportunity for his son now to go to a Pac-12 school and be on national TV, being able to, to, to qualify for a Heisman, being able to now say, hey, get your draft stock up. That's what he could do for his kid by taking this job, right? And he's going to make sure I'm there with my kid. I'm coaching my kid. Like, are you, like, why, like, you have to factor that in to say, yo, this is a better opportunity for my son. Again, not because the school's trash, but because if my son wants to be a pro quarterback, does he have a better chance of getting there being in the Pac-12 or being here in HBCU? Pac-12. No one's going to question the competition he's playing against. Like that's, you got to think about that as a parent. Third, 
He's a coach, man. And he's prime time. He was the best high school player, best college player. He played in the, M- in the NFL and an MLB. Played in the World Series and a Super Bowl. Same week. Like, come on now. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> right? Like, this is someone who has excelled at every level he was on. He wants to be the best at whatever he does. So if you now tell him, hey, can you come over here to the Pac-12 with all these, with USC, UCLA, Oregon, like all these powerhouses? Hey, can you take these kids and go up against an Alabama, some SEC schools, some Big Ten schools and coach against the best coaches in the world and prove your worth? Yeah, like as a competitor, you can't deny that you have to take that opportunity to prove to everybody I could do this. I'm the I'm great at what I do. That's taking a gamble on yourself. That's personal reasons. You got to do it. Now, the reason what made me so mad and made me feel like I have to talk about this in this way is that Jason Whitlock, okay, who, you know, used to work for, I think he worked for ESPN. I think he worked for Fox Sports. I'm not sure where he works now. I think he's independent. But uh, he has a show and and I caught, you know, algorithms again, uh, came up on a YouTube feed and I was watching some of his show where he was trashing Dion. And I said, huh, because I've heard for a while, everyone say that Jason Whitlock is kind of one of those guys that really seems to be anti-black. Right. And I said, "Hmm, let me just see what he, let me see what his points are. Because in my mind, immediately I'm naturally contrarian. So I'm like, yo, I, I bet you he's, I bet you he has a good point. And what he's saying, and it's just being ignored because Dion's black, he's black, and it's like, you should be just supporting blindly. But I bet you he has a good point. So I was like, let me check it out. But what he said was infuriating. Um, He said said things like Dion just didn't want to do the work necessary at Jackson State to make them into a real contender. So he took the easy way out by going to Colorado. What? First of all, first of all. To say he didn't want to do the work, he already did it. They're undefeated this year. They won their conference championship. Like, what are you talking about? Like, do you honestly think that he could ever get Jackson State to a level where they could compete against an Alabama? Do you ever think he has any hope in the world of recruiting the level of guys he'd have to recruit there to be able to play with Alabamas? No, let's be honest. There is a ceiling there. No matter how good he is, there's a ceiling. He didn't want to put in the work. He totally revamped that whole system. He revamped that whole program. New facilities, uniforms, attitude, everything. Social media staff and presence, like everything. Totally changed everything about it. Made Jackson State something that you... I didn't know Jackson State existed. So don't don't sit there and say he didn't want to put in the work. He already put in the work. And because of the work he put in, he had an opportunity now to move up the ladder to the next level and put in work there and excel there. And then eventually he'll get able to move up to the next level. And eventually, if he keeps producing and putting in the work, which he already has started, he will eventually find himself as the top dog. For somebody to sit there and say you didn't want to do the work because you took on a bigger look. He was, then he said something like, actually, I'm getting mad now. Then he says something like, oh, well, he just recruited the best talent, and that's why he won at Jackson State. It's not that he's a great coach. 
bruh, bruh. Like, first of all, those two things, they don't make sense, okay? So Nick Saban, who gets top three recruiting class at Alabama every year and they win a bunch of games every year, you'll say it's because he's a great coach, right? That's because Nick Saban's great. He's a great coach. Ignore the fact that he's got the best players in the country on his team. No, no, no. He's a great coach. But now when Dion gets the best players in the conference and wins, you say, he ain't a good coach. It's just because he got the best players. Mm, see that? You see what I'm saying? And now I, did, I wasn't making it a race thing. I wasn't trying to say because Saban's white and he's black. No. What I'm saying is when you like a guy, you'll, man, go go to bat for him but when you don't like a guy or you don't like what somebody did you'll use the same thing that you defended someone else with as the reason why you're bashing him if Dion is as great a recruiter as you say then he's going to recruit very well at Colorado he's going to recruit very well there and guess what NIL has made it to where I don't have to sell you on the school I could just give you more money to come here I can give you a better deal to come here and now he's he's on a level playing field now at Colorado as everybody else. Why can't he take guys from Lincoln Riley? Why can't he? Why can't he flip some guys from Ryan Day? Why can't he? He's prime like you got you cannot ignore the fact that he's charismatic, that he's super cool, and that when it comes to these young guys, yo, he's he's a god to them. This is prime time. This is one of the best athletes of all time. And he's right in front of me and he got swag and he's hip to what we got going on. And he got that old school attitude. And look, at the end of the day, we all know men need discipline. That's what we need. Men and the best athletes need a guy that is going to smack them in the back of the head when they mess up and is going to dap them up when they do well. Right. We all say we look at coaches as father figures. Dion is the perfect example of that because Dion is going to boost you up. He's going to tear you down, but he's going to he's going to let you know either way. I st- I got love for you. I'm doing this for you. I'm here for you. I want your best interest, which, which is why he's bringing in a lot of a lot of those guys from Jackson State to Colorado. He's going to have some of those guys transfer over and he's going to put them right on the program with him and say, these are my dogs. When you see that loyalty, when you say, yo, I'm moving up. I believe in you, 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 you and you move up with me. Come on now. So for Whitlock to say, number one, he didn't want to do the work. Number two, he's not really a good coach. He just, you know, had the best players, like, and says that he'll fail. Oh, he's going to fail. He's going to fail because now he's coming in talking about I, I, I. Because, you know, if you watch, if you go online and you watch his first address to the team, he was saying a lot of things about I, what I'm going to do, this and that. And, and Jason Whitlock's like, oh, look, coaches don't talk in the I. They talk about we. I think I agree, but this wasn't you know, an official meeting of the team. This wasn't the first address. I think what he's basically saying is, look, I have a way of doing things. There's a way that I coach. There's an expectation that I have of you. And either you get on board or you don't because you, that I'm here. I'm coming. I'm here now. I'm the coach now. So you either going to get on board with what, what I'm doing and what I'm bringing to this university or go ahead and transfer out. And so I think what he was saying was not, hey, I'm the reason we're going to win. Hey, I'm what he's saying is I bring a, a tremendous level of influence. 
I bring a, a, a media presence with me. I'm going to bring a social media awareness with me. I'm, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this university now because I'm here. And as a result, y'all about y'all better get ready. Because now all eyes are on you. And I think that I think a lot of those players probably received it well. And I think some of them probably felt like, all right, like the quarterback ent- entered your transfer portal. Well, that's I, I don't I'm not mad at that, because guess what? Dion's bringing his son in who he's been coaching since high school. Uh, chances are he's going to start. He did say he has to earn it. But let's be honest, he, he got the job. <laughs> and as a dad, you can't be mad, right? But I didn't like that Jason Whitlock tried to make it a racial thing. Like, oh, Dion left because, you know, he wanted to go to the white university. He didn't want to put in the work at the black university to help lift us up. He did what every other black person does when they start to get some recognition. They leave their people and they start trying to like, it's like, come on, it's not that type of party. If he's coaching at Colorado and Florida State calls and says, hey, we want to hire you. You think he wouldn't leave Colorado for Florida State? Of course, it's a step up. If he's coaching at Florida State and uh, I don't know, um, the commanders call and say, yo, you want to coach here? You don't think he's going to leave Florida State to go to the NFL? Of course he will. It's a step up. It's not about money. Dion's getting $5 million a year to coach. It's like, you think Dion couldn't get $5 million to go on TV? Like, you really think Dion is coaching because he needs the money? Nah, I don't think so. I think that's stupid. I think I think I think it's a. Uh, I think I think it's a good move for him. I know Colorado's not the best school, but in terms of your resources, you're not operating at a deficit. If you're if you're a good coach, if you can get the best out of these players, if you can recruit these guys to come here. There's no reason why Colorado can't be competing for Pac-12 championships. There's no reason. The money is there. The facilities are there. Um, the history is there. The coach potentially is now there. So the exposure is there. Like, there's no reason why you can't. And so I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see what happens. I just figured I'd touch on that. And I think it's without... I don't think I need to say it, but I will. Uh, I'm out on Jason Whitlock. I just think the way he approaches things is is from a. Let me try to let me try to shot let me try to be controversial in everything that I say. And uh, make everything a bigger, uh, deeper situation than it is. Like yo, this is a coach getting offered a better job. Like, that's all it was. Hey, you're doing really good work there. We think here with your attitude and personality and coaching ability and recruiting ability, we think if you came here with our resources, man, we could have this could be magical. You want the job? I know I got to pay you at least five million because I got to entice you. I got to give you more than you got now. I got to give you a bump. That's all it is. Let's not make it a bigger thing. Let's not make it politics or rate. It is literally a coach being offered a better job and deciding, hmm, on that level, I can have more success and I could also recruit a wider base 
And I can also have more resources to help more people. Just because he's not at a black university doesn't mean he can't recruit black players. That's all. Let me get into picks. So with college football, look, the only college football game this weekend is Army-Navy. And I'm going to be 100% brutally honest with you. I don't know anything about either. (laughs) So we are picking 10 NFL games this week against the spread. I'm excited about it. So let's start off with the Raiders uh, favored by six against the Rams. I'm taking the Raiders to cover. I think they're on the upswing. I think they're starting to play well. And I think the Rams are on a spiral downward. And rumor has it, they're trying to get Baker Mayfield ready to go this week. Look, man, I don't think Baker's very good. I think him starting with a new playbook, trying to learn the system, learn the players, get used to the timing and everything against the Raiders, who are kind of surging right now, winning three in a row. I'm taking the Raiders to cover the six. Uh, Bills against the Jets. Bills are favored by nine and a half. Now, normally, I would stay far, far away from these high numbers, but the Bills were embarrassed by the Jets last time they played. So I think they avenge that. I think they come back, and I think with Mike White playing, look, I told you, he's going to start off hot the first game, and then it's going to kind of come back down to earth. This now game three, I think he has a outright bad game. I think the Bills turn him over a couple times. I think they get maybe even a defensive touchdown. I think they cover the nine and a half easy. The Bengals are favored by six over the Browns. Look, the Bengals are playing well. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the league. I think they cover that. I think Deshaun Watson is going to struggle for a while. Because he just hasn't played in a while. It's hard. And when you got these defenses flying around you like that and you got to reacclimate to the speed, it's tough. You're asking for a lot. I like the Bengals to cover the six. The Eagles playing the Giants. Ugh, that's like watching my mom kiss my sister. Ugh, who wants to see it? Right? Like, this is, these are the worst. I hate both of these teams so much. I hope it ends in a tie, a 0 0 tie. Ugh. Well, the Giants are actually coming off of a tie. Nice tie, losers. (laughs) Uh, Look, but what have I been saying? I've been saying it since day one when they were, what, six and one? Like, look, this team is not very good. They're getting some things are going their way right now, but eventually the sports gods will even it out and they're falling back to the pack. What are they, seven, five, seven, four, and one? Like, come on now. They're starting to come back to the pack. They'll probably finish somewhere around 500, maybe a game over, but that's about it. The Eagles, same thing. But in this game, I'm going to take the Eagles to cover the seven. I just think the Eagles are a little better than the Giants, a little better than the Giants. But look, I don't want to watch this game. I don't really care who wins, but I'll pick the Eagles to cover the seven. Uh, Ravens getting two and a half versus Steelers. The Steelers are favored in this game. How? Kenny Pickett is boo-boo, okay? And the Ravens, I know that they haven't been playing the best, but look, I'm still going to take the Ravens getting two and a half points. I'll take it. The 49ers favored by three and a half over the Bucks. Look, man, the Bucks coming off of a Monday night win. It was tough, though. Went down to the last seconds. I think the 49ers defense is legit. I think the Buccaneers offense is having all kinds of problems. And for that reason, I'll take the 49ers in the three and a half points. The Lions are favored, surprisingly, by two and a half over the Vikings. I'm going to say it again. I think the Lions, the Lions are the most underrated team in the NFL. I think they play hard. I think they have a lot of weapons. And I think quietly, Jared Goff is having a really good year. And I think people have written him off already as being a bozo. 
I've been a fan from day one, and I like what he's doing. And I think, honestly, they cover the two and a half over the Vikings. I do. I think their defense is playing a lot better. I think they're getting timely stops. I don't think they're you know great by any means, but I think they're able to put up points and put a lot of pressure on the opposing team's offense. And I think if they can get an early lead and kind of make the Vikings one-dimensional, I like their chances. Two and a half points, I'll take it. They'll probably win by a field goal or something, but then they cover, so I'm in. Uh, Chargers uh versus the Dolphins Dolphins are favored by three I'm taking the Chargers I just believe so much in Justin Herbert I just don't believe that much in Tua I think Tua is one of those guys who he's good but I think they love him way more they think he's better than he is I know that's weird to say because he's got good numbers this year but when you watch him play the no if you watch Tua play his numbers when you look at him won't match up to what you saw when you saw him play. That's what I'll say. So I'm taking the Chargers, getting three points versus the Dolphins. I think they're going to put up a big fight. The Patriots are favored by one over the Cardinals. Look, I think the Patriots overachieve. I think they're well coached. I think they play hard. I think the Cardinals are kind of a dumpster fire. They can be good. They can be bad. But I'll take the Patriots to win outright. So I'll take the Patriots and the points. And now here we get to the Cowboys favored by 16 and a half over the Texans. Now, you know me. I want to run the opposite direction. But I cannot deny that the Texans are horrible. And much like the Colts, I didn't think the Cowboys would cover the 11 points. And what happened and the reason why they covered is not because the offense was very good because they weren't. But they covered because the defense got turnovers. Now, look, the Texans are bad. Can you get turnovers against them? 100%. Will you? 100%. So for that reason, I'm actually going to take the Cowboys to cover to 16 and a half. I just think their defense will probably score a touchdown again and get a couple turnovers on a short field, aiding the offense, making it easier for them. And I, 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 the Texans are bad, man. They're bad. They don't, they don't care at all. <laughs> They're really bad. That's my time, y'all. Look. It was a long one today. These things are getting longer, man. I got a lot to say. Listen, let me know. Do you do you mind the long show? Do you want it to be shorter? Like, let me know what you're thinking, and uh, and we can go from there. I can shorten it if you want to. I can make it longer if you want to. Who cares? Just let me know what you think. Uh, hit me up on um, on all social media platforms at cyber underscore pod. That's S I B R underscore P O D. Uh, hit me up. Let me know what you're thinking. And uh, look, these are my picks. So 10 NFL games this week, all against the spread. Let's see how it goes. Look, uh, my record is my record is pretty spotless. Also, um, next week, I am going to be having back surgery. Um, finally, I know it's been a while uh, finally getting this problem fixed. But I will be uh, pre-recording some shows so I don't miss a week. Um, so they will probably be next week. I think we're going to have a regular show next week. And then the following week, I'll have some pre-recorded stuff um, as I'll be uh, recovering. Uh, and look, going into the bowl season, I got a unique surprise, a unique um, idea coming up that we're going to get into next week. I'll give you guys all the details, hammer it out, let you know what's going on with that. But just stay tuned. Enjoy your sports weekend. Enjoy your first college football free weekend. Oh, man, this is going to suck. I'll see you all next week.